Good morning. Get this down to where I am. Uh, this morning, since it's my New Year's lecture, is going to be on affirmations. I think that all of us, or some of us, tend to look at the New Year as a time to make changes in our lives if we haven't been extremely pleased with what we did last year <laughs> or extremely pleased with how last year went for us. Either way, we, we, we look upon this as an opportunity to start anew every year. I don't know why we make it, it has to be January 1st, but we seem to have that habit. And we look at our external circumstances and think, well, now what should I do this? Um, should I make a change in the garden? Should I make a change in my job? Should I change the curtains in the house? We start oftentimes with our externals and look at that. What changes, what improvements can I make? Should I move from California? Would it be better? Would I have better opportunities in Colorado, Idaho, Ohio? So we look at those and think that might change our lives. If we have tried that before, we kind of realize that we better look more at the interior and see how we can change ourselves. Because we have all, I know we have all dealt with the frustration and the irritation of trying to change other people. Which is impossible. <laughs> and if you haven't experienced it yet, give it a try. <laughs> and you will find exactly how frustrating that is. So we start to look at ourselves. And what, do, what kind of changes would we like to make? Well, I'd like to be healthier in the new year. Okay. Well, I'd like to be more productive. I'd like to be more introspective. I'd like to be calmer. I'd like to be more energetic. And we can make up our list no matter what. We have endless, endless lists of how we can improve ourselves. Um, we also look at this time of the year as an opportunity to put last year behind us and move on go forward with hope, resolve, and enthusiasm. Make the improvements. But how do we do this? I mean, I can say 25 times, I'm going to get healthier. What does that mean? I mean, what does it mean? What am I going to do? Because that's way too amorphous. And you have to kind of pick a small, attainable goal. Now, um, we have to look at what we're dissatisfied with. What part of our lives are we the most dissatisfied with? Because it's usually the dissatisfaction and the discomfort that is the impetus to make a change. So... Um, and I'm going to quote Pearl Chase. Now, does everyone here in Santa Barbara know who Pearl Chase was? She was the woman who 
almost single-handedly changed the entire look of the city of Santa Barbara after the earthquake. She was with the Planning Commission and the Arboretum Commission and lobbied for nothing over three stories, I think. It might have been two, all red tile roofs. So our city has a specific, cohesive look, which makes it very beautiful for all of us. She started when she was a very young woman with an affirmation that she repeated every day. And she said, every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. Now, this too is way too amorphous for most of us. It is for me. What's better and better mean? But she was even more specific. When she was 15, she had made a list of life goals of how she wanted to be. She wanted to be unselfish, to the point of self-sacrifice, truthful, outgoing, lovable, and generous. I think, I'm not sure about generous, but she made this specific list of goals which she was trying to attain in her life, how she wanted to be. And I think um, having this goal in mind, these goals in mind, and this positive affirmation that she said every morning, I am getting, every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. Okay, the Dalai Lama says it in a little different way. He said that just one small positive thought in the morning can change your whole day. Now, but this, you have to make an effort. Um, most people who care enough to even think about making these changes or daily affirmations want a transformation in their life. They want some kind of, a, some kind of specific change to happen. So we have to kind of clarify that so that we have a direction. Um, most, they can be changes in the way we behave in our character. We can, they can be changes in, well, basically it all, re it all boils down to changing our own attitude about what we, what we encounter. As someone said, events don't happen to you. They happen for you. So if we tr work on changing our, our attitudes about life, and I'm going to do, I felt like I was stringing quotes together today, but they're so good, and I can't say it any better. So <laughs> this is by someone named Bennett. <laughs> Attitude is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Optimism is a choice. Kindness is a choice. Giving is a choice. Respect is a choice. Whatever choice you make, makes you. Choose wisely. And I think if, if I know if I thought about that every day, I might not be as impulsive. But um, and when we think about it, 
all of our life is made up of tiny little choices that we string together, and we call it our day. We wake up in the morning, and we all have our routine, and we start making choices. Should I push the snooze button one more time? <laughs> um, well, gee, should, should I go for my walk before coffee or after coffee? What am I going to fix for breakfast this morning? All of these are choices that we do automatically. And they're things that we take for granted. We don't even, we aren't even really cognizant that we are making a choice at that point. They have become habitual and they've become routine. Um, some others that, how sh shall I say hello to everyone I see on the street today? Ooh, should I say hi to my neighbor? I mean, the last time was really, really awkward. <laughs> and I don't know. Their dog lunged at me, and I and I got mad. And are we going to be friends still? Um, that person at work really humiliated me and slighted me in front of the boss. Should I freeze him out, or her? Should I ignore them? Should I forgive them and get on with my life? We have all of these choices constantly. And we have to look deeply inside to see, to recognize that it's a choice to begin with. And then to decide what are our options. Because we always, there's always options in, in every little thing that comes up. But what prompts us to our choices? What makes us make the choice? Or, or go on with the habitual behavior that we have done forever. Past experience. Well, if last time I picked up those leaves for my neighbor, he yelled at me for coming on his yard. So I'm never going to pick that up again. Um, the neighbor may have been in a bad mood, may have had you know, some problem in their life. We have to... Let go of that past. Um, then we have to look at, are the choices that we have been making making us happy in our life, giving us joy for the most part? Or are they, make, are they increasing our self-confidence? Are we making choices that take care of of us as well as other people? Or are the choices making us afraid, anxious, unhappy, guilty, fearful? It's only when this discomfort becomes too much that we make a choice to do something, to either give it up or get on with it. Now I'm going to quote another I, I don't look for necessarily I look for spiritual truths in the scriptures but I also get inspiration from many people and this is Beyonce <laughs> when I'm not feeling my best I ask myself what are you going to do about it I use the negativity to fuel the transformation into a better me now that's one thing that can 
fuel transformation, being so unhappy with the negative that you just go, okay, I'm going to do it in spite of it. Um, the affirmation of the positive, affirmations I call the positive. New Year's resolutions mm, can jumpstart the process, but these, I, in my, the way I have done resolutions is I won't eat chocolate every day. I will take that walk that I hate every day. It has a lot of negativity when I make a resolution. <laughs> I don't know about other people, but um, both are totally effective. For me, the negative statement says, I won't do this or I can't do this. And an affirmation says, I will and I can. And that's the distinction that I personally make. Now, both are effective. I'm not saying they're not effective. But which form gives you inner joy? And to me, the highest form of affirmation is in religion. Christianity, I and my Father are one. The Mahavakya is soham, tatwamasi, aham brahmasi. All are saying that our real nature is divine and one with God. Satchitananda, we are truth, knowledge, and bliss. These are the, mo the highest affirmations that we can say to ourselves. And they are, to me, the ultimate affirmation. But how do we get there? <laughs> we have to start some, we have to start where we are. And most of us are not at the point where we have that kind of undoubting conviction that that is true. We have been raised by parents who did their very best for us, but it may not have instilled the greatest self-confidence or belief in ourselves. We have been raised in, for the most part of us, in a Judeo-Christian society, which we're born guilty by God. <laughs> we're born sinners, <laughs> and we got to get over it. Um, so we have to get to a point where, as Hafiz says, I wake up happy before I have any reason to be. And now, when you stop and think about that, when you first open your eyes to be happy that you're just there. I can give you another quote, which absolutely cracked me up. Dick Cheney said every morning, I thank God for every morning because it's a new day that I didn't think I would see. <laughs> but um, these things, uh, we just... This is a choice we have to make. How do we want this year to go? Okay. Are you generally happy? Like Hafiz says, I wake up happy before I have a reason. Or, as Fulton Sheen said, there's two ways to wake up. Good morning, God. Or, good God morning. 
I think, you know, we do both. <laughs> which, but which one would we choose to do if we didn't do, go by automatic habit? Well, there are very, very simple affirmations that you can do that ha can change your life. And not quickly, necessarily, maybe quickly, depending on how much confidence you have in it. I mean, we can... I'm going to do th three quotes, one Thich Nhat Hanh, and you know what he went through in Vietnam. This man did not have the perfect life. He did not have a life without something that could have been suffering. Gandhi, and you know what kind of a life he had. He had a purpose and he had a thing he wanted to do. Then the Dalai Lama, who had, was forced out of his own country. Thich Nhat Hanh said, the present moment is filled with joy and happiness. If you are attentive to it, you will see it. Gandhi said, happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. Which is the same th thing Ramakrishna said, they all say it. The Dalai Lama said, happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. And that's very similar to the Christian, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then Dolly Parton said, find out who you are and do it on purpose, which is exactly what find out who you are, do your own dharma, even if you do it poorly rather than someone else's dharma. Find out who you are and work from there. Um, strive to find things to be thankful for and just look for the good in who you are. Because you have to have a belief in not your ego self, but your inner self in order to proceed anywhere on a spiritual path. You have to get to the point where you have that big S self-confidence, not little s self-confidence. And what you do in the morning sets the entire criteria for your whole day. Um, what do you do? You wake up. Take time to meditate. Express your gratitude for the day. Turn on your devices. Check your email. Check your Instagram. Check um, messages. Uh, or turn on the TV and check on the negative state of the world. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, don't we all want to know what's going on? <laughs> Um, but do these things help promote your inner joy? Think about what, what it is. 
Buddha said, each day we are born again. What we do today is what matters the most. Don't worry about what you did yesterday. I mean, if you have to apologize to someone, apologize. But don't be stuck on that. Live each day as it comes and live in the present. Meister Eckhart said, be willing to be a beginner every single day. Every single day is a new day. One of them said, Every single, I've never seen this 24 hours before. It's going to be wonderful. Um, in, when I was reading about different people's routines in the morning, I mean, some of them really simple. One of them, which in our tradition, I mean, you get up, you do, wake yourself up a bit. I have a cup of coffee before I start meditating because otherwise it would be like, <laughs> and that would be it. Uh, <laughs> tune out. <laughs> it would not be a meditation. So I have my coffee first and then get on with meditating. And then I turn on emails to see if I have to answer anything because I tend not to have my phone with me or look at my computer except probably twice a day seriously unless there's messages. Um, but one person said the simplest thing you can do to change your life is to walk into the bathroom look in the mirror, and smile at yourself. Just smile. Now, we, we know that smiling releases endorphins. Smiling sets a tone for how you're going to approach people. If you look at people, if you go down the street, do you smile at people you pass? Do you make eye contact? They smile back. Almost everyone gives a big smile back. Smiles make you happy. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh again. Waking up this morning, I smile. 24 brand new hours. I can live, I vow to live life fully in each moment. I mean, we all have this opportunity every single morning. Shakespeare, I can no other answer make, but thanks and thanks and thanks again. So expressing our gratitude for the new day, Prince said, every day I feel is a blessing from God, and I consider a new beginning. Yeah, everything is beautiful. But I mean... These are people that have not had necessarily what we would consider ideal lives. Everything didn't go right for them every single minute of their existence. But they managed to find an inner peace, an inner joy, the joy that springs from your own being. And that joy infects everyone around you. It infects and it affects everyone around you <laughs> because it's 
it's a little, it's something you share without, even with people you have no connection with. If, if you meet someone who's really happy, you usually end up happier having met them, just sharing the joy. It's the easiest thing we can do. Um, and you're always trying to keep in mind, and this was hard for Santa Barbara, things do not happen to us. They happen for us. Everything we encounter is a way, a learning experience for us as we can look more deeply into ourselves. Why did I react like that? Why did I, why did I react with joy for that? I mean, there was no reason to be happy about that. Why did, why did I get so angry at that person for saying something that had nothing to do with me? Really, I mean, we have to look at what makes us who we are and why we react to things. Oftentimes it's... Um, It's a past experience. Someone said something to you and you felt less than or wanting. And sometimes, I mean, those things go so deep that we don't even know where they are until we really, really try and look at it. Why am I frustrated by this person that can't seem to see my point of view why am i why am i angry at someone who's helping me why do i think they're trying to take things away from me i mean we all have these kind of they're they're not they're not subtle believe me but we think they are <laughs> um they're inside us and we and that's where we have to start with our transformations And the woman who was named the, the most successful comedian in, I think, the world was Lucille Ball with I Love Lucy. I think that our neighbor has surpassed her now. But <laughs> um, Lucille Ball said, one of the things I learned the hard way was that it didn't pay to get discouraged. Keep busy and making optimism a way of life can restore your faith in yourself. Now this goes along very much with Vedantic teachings. We talk about the three gunas which pass through everyone. They're just moods that go through. They're not permanent, but tamoguna, when it moves in, you're discouraged. You don't want to get up in the morning. You don't want to do anything. You don't really want to see anyone. And you're going around, poor me, poor me, poor me. Or angry. And how do you get over Tamoguna? Because we all experience it. There's those mornings when you just go, like Fulton Sheen said, good God, morning. <laughs> um, you consciously and actively engage in activities, something constructive, helpful, and you keep busy. 
And having that activity, which we call Rajoguna, pushes Tamoguna away. Now, I mean, it may be something that you have to really kick yourself to get started. I looked outside this morning and I thought, yeah, I should go out and rake all those eucalyptus leaves that are in snowdrifts around the house. <laughs> and, you know, besides it having to be done, it's good for me. <laughs> you get a little fresh air, you get a little exercise, and everything's to my benefit. Eventually, Rajoguna will, that kind of selfless activity will lead you to sattva, sattvaguna, where you are thinking more of others, you calm down, but you're not lazy. You're not self-absorbed. You are simply calm. And that will eventually lead you to enlightenment, when you can work through those gunas. Learn to use the gunas to find your inner being. Um, I have two more American witticists. Mark Twain said, well, the, um, let's see, you won't get anywhere if you don't get started. Okay, that was Will Rogers. You can't get anywhere if you don't get started. And uh, no, that was Mark Twain. <laughs> Get them mixed up. Will Rogers stated, "If you you can be on the right track, but you'll get run over if you just sit there." <laughs> so, all of us can be have the right ideas, but we have to do something. And Ramakrishna said it a different way. He said, "The breeze of grace is always blowing, but we have to set our sail." And what does that set our sail mean? It means that we have to make some self-effort. Swami Swahananda always had a joke, and he said, the man was saying, Lord, I've been praying and praying. Let me win the lottery. Let me win the lottery. Lord, take care of me. Let me win the lottery. And finally, God's voice says, you have to buy a ticket. <laughs> Nothing just and grace work together. And you can't say which comes first. It's like the chicken and the egg. It's the grace of God that you want to make the self-effort. And then you make the self-effort, and the grace flows naturally. Um, this, I feel, self-effort is also cultivating the attitude of gratitude and optimism. I know when I was growing up, optimism were, was kind of poo-pooed. Everyone said, oh, you're just being a Pollyanna, um, looking at the best in everything. But later I went, well, what's more real about optimism than pessimism? And the glass is halfway. That's the truth. Is it half full or is it half empty? That's our approach on life. Do we look at everything as half empty? Or do we look like it's half full? There's hope. There's, there's something to hope for. There's a place you're going. It's going to be good. Or, oh my God, 
I don't have enough. It's going to run out, and I'm going to be left by myself. I mean, this is our choice. As I say, I was raised with um, Pollyanna-isms. Don't, what, why are you always trying to just be that way? Why not? <laughs> and to tell you the truth, I tried the other way, and it was really, really boring. <laughs> I mean, how long can you think about yourself without getting discouraged? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> You're just sitting there going, hmm. I should be doing this. Well, I could be doing that. But we're not doing anything. I'm sitting there. So, these are anonymous sayings. Um, pessimism leads to weakness. Optimism leads to strength. Now, Swamiji said the same thing. He said, be strong. Be fearless. You can do anything. Resolve to be happy. This is Helen Keller. Now, she had quite a, quite a karma in life. She was born, as we all know, blind, deaf, and non-speaking. Okay. Resolve to be happy, and your joy and you shall form an invincible host against difficulties. She, okay, and... Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. When you are optimistic, I can do it, this can be done, you can do it. You may have a few glitches. I mean, I've made some really bad mistakes and done some things really poorly. Just yesterday, <laughs> it was the topic of much fun making. I was trying to make doses, which I don't know whether any of you have gone to the Indian restaurant. They're really thin lentil pancakes. And I was fermenting lentils, and someone who is from South India said, well, how much rice did you add? And I went, well, I didn't add any rice. They didn't tell me about that. <laughs> and he very, very sweetly said, well, it's not going to really make a dose. <laughs> And I went, huh. But we got it fixed. <laughs> so I want everyone in here, this is like, I, I said I wasn't going to do this, but I am. I want everyone to think of one positive affirmation that they can make. And if you feel like sharing it, just tell me. <laughs> okay? I'm personally trying the one smile when you look in the mirror, because usually I go, ooh, who is that old woman? <laughs> Which is not the most positive thing, but I figure if she smiles, the wrinkles have a reason. <laughs> so. Just, I think the main thing we can remember is Set your goals, and every day and every way I'm getting better and better. I think we will stop there. And, oh, yes. It's not 
Yes. Uh, that is a positive affirmation. That's true, too. But do unto others. You can't... Uh, yeah, I see that. But I think do unto others as you would do unto yourself. We all give ourselves a great deal of sympathy with the things we do, and we understand why we do the things we do. And if another person does that, sometimes we're quick to judge because they're not me. I know why I said that. But if they said it to me, um, I'm trying to think of an example, which is really hard for me right now. Um, okay. Why didn't Why didn't you hang that towel up? Why did you leave it in a heap? Um, now I say it because I want the towels to dry, but. Anyone can take that personally. If they say it to me, I might go, well, I, I was going to, but I haven't gotten there yet. But there, it's a personal attack. So I think we just have to think about how our words are going to affect other people. Because so often we, we do, we grant ourselves a lot of leeway because we understand our, our motivation. If the same thing comes out of another person's mouth, we can take it personally or say, that's a criticism of criticism, when it may be a statement of fact. Or they may be in a bad mood. They may have had something terrible happen to them that day. We have to give them we have to give everyone in our lives the same consideration that we give ourselves. I think that's what the Christian do unto others as you would do unto yourself. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Which is do unto yourself in, in another <coughs> way. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah? That's a wonderful one. Because yeah. It's so easy to worry about your words to other people, but I think we're very hard on ourselves. Yeah. And I think we need to have that love first, and that also recognizes the God within us. Yes, it does. I think it's a good thing. Now, I don't think the Zoom people heard that one. This lovely woman said, when you look in the, in the mirror, because you get up and brush your teeth, just say, I love you. And that's a very easy affirmation. Eye contact. Eye contact. Look yourself in the eye and say, I love you. It's, for me, it's, it, it's... I've always thought... <laughs> Now we're getting into my favorite song. It's a wonderful world. 
people saying howdy, all they're saying is I love you. Saying it to everyone. And a smile is the easiest way to say that to people. You know, when you don't know them, you don't have you don't have to say hello, how are you today? And you're just passing by just a smile and eye contact as you say. Yep. So and if anyone on Zoom has one, <laughs> I'm willing to hear it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I think we'll stop there today. And give me a big smile as you walk out the door, okay? <laughs> and we'll hear a, good, a wonderful song from Gianti. Next week, Swami Sumanasananda will give a talk on I Have a Mother. Um, this this month is the month of, well, last month was Holy Mother's Worship, and we're just still kind of coming off that also. So I Have a Mother at 11 o'clock here in the temple. So. Om peace, peace, peace. Aryom Tat Sat Sri Ramakrishnar Parnamastu.